Laudator Jesus Christus, Vatican and World News. In the headlines this Saturday, March the 2nd, Holy Land church leaders condemn an Israeli attack that killed dozens of Palestinians waiting in line to receive aid and reiterate their call for a ceasefire for Gaza. Kenya offers a peacekeeping force to beleaguered Haiti. And Pope Francis's message for the upcoming World Children's Day reminds new generations to never forget their peers who are suffering war. In the Vatican, I'm Linda Bordoni. The patriarchs and heads of the churches in Jerusalem have condemned what they call the wanton attack against innocent civilians by the Israeli army that took place on February the 29th in Gaza during the distribution of emergency food aid. The church leaders posted a strongly worded statement on Friday decrying the violence while also calling for an immediate and long-lasting ceasefire. Thaddeus Jones has this report. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem have joined the international community in condemning what they call the wanton attack against innocent civilians that took place on February 29th in Gaza City during the distribution of humanitarian aid. On Thursday the 29th, a doctor from Al-Shifa Hospital and witnesses said Israeli soldiers fired on a crowd of civilians desperately seeking food aid being distributed from aid trucks in Gaza City in the north of the Palestinian enclave. The latest death toll stands at 112 with 760 injured, according to the Hamas Health Ministry. The United States, a staunch ally of Israel, demanded answers from Benjamin Netanyahu's government following Thursday's slaughter, calling for a thorough investigation. The representatives of the churches in Jerusalem call for the warring parties to reach an immediate and lengthy ceasefire that allows for the speedy disbursement of relief supplies throughout the Gaza Strip and for the enactment of a negotiated release of those held as captives and prisoners. In sending their thoughts to all the innocents suffering from the war, the statement offered special prayers of support to the Christian communities in Gaza under their pastoral care. These include the 800 Christians who've taken refuge for the past five months in the Orthodox Church of St. Porfirios and the Catholic Church of the Holy Family in Gaza City. The leaders also offer their solidarity to the brave staff and volunteers of the Anglican-run Ali Hospital and to the patients they serve. In conclusion, the church leaders express their ultimate hope for an end to the violence, the release of captives, and care for the victims can open a horizon for serious diplomatic discussions that finally lead to a just and lasting peace in the land where our Lord Jesus Christ first took up his cross on our behalf. They pray that God may grant us all his grace as we seek the fulfillment of this hopeful Easter vision. I'm Thaddeus Jones. Meanwhile, in the latest update on Thursday, Gaza's health ministry said the number of Palestinians killed in the war has surpassed 30,000 and thousands remain unaccounted for. The majority of those killed are women and children. Over 1.3 million Palestinians have been displaced and UN agencies warn that at least one quarter of the enclave's population is a step away from famine. 
All along the U.S.-Mexico border, tens of thousands of asylum seekers and other migrants in search of a better life are blocked in Mexican shelters or held in U.S. detention centers. Father Marvin Ayik in Nuevo Laredo is part of a network of shelters in Mexico and Guatemala operated by the Scalabrinian missionaries of San Carlos, whose main mission is to serve migrants and refugees. Speaking to Vatican Radio, he explained the church is in a unique position to provide support and also reach out to local communities. The church is always um, uh, present where, where it's most needed. There is no doubt that uh, the working with migrants is always a challenge. It's always a challenge because there is not much opportunities for the, the, the rest of the communities to understand who they are and where they're coming from especially the countries where they are coming from, they are bringing several difficulties, uh, several issues, and sometimes there is no occasions where, where we can share our stories. So the first challenge for the church is to, to understand who they are, where are, the, where are they coming from, and to provide as well services that, uh, that they are seeking desperately, especially hospitality, food, information. This is the commitment that the, that the church has been undertaking in, in all the places where they arrive. There is no doubt that the Catholic Church is one of the entities that the migrants see as uh, safe places. They said that along their journeys, the church is the only one where they can arrive and they feel safety. Because there is a lot of institutions as well that they, they meet in their journey, but only the Catholic Church is one of the safest places where they know that they can arrive and feel safe. And this is, this is amazing as well. And that was Scalabrinian missionary father Marvin Ayik in the Mexican border town of Nuevo Laredo, speaking there to Sebastian Sanson Ferrari. Kenyan authorities have signed an agreement with Haiti, offering them a peacekeeping force. But opposition politicians are already seeking to block the SOS lifeline move. As James Blears reports, the move comes as the impoverished Caribbean nation spirals further and further into anarchy, criminality and violence. Following a meeting in Kenya, Haiti's Prime Minister Ariel Henry has signed a reciprocal agreement with his President William Ruto. Kenya's offered a 1,000 peacekeepers to go to crime-stricken Haiti, the Western Hemisphere's poorest nation, to reinforce and bolster its beleaguered police and armed forces, combating street gangs, which are terrorising Haiti, particularly rampaging through its capital, Port-au-Prince. Benin's offered 2,000 troops, Jamaica, Antigua and Barbuda also want to send personnel. While studiously avoiding any manpower commitment, Washington's pledging $200 million funding for this peacekeeping force. President Ruto says, I take this opportunity to reiterate Kenya's commitment to contribute to the success of this multinational mission. Prime Minister Henri said... We need elections to stabilize the country. We need governance in Haiti to encourage people to invest. The UN approved such a mission in October of last year. However, in January, Kenya's High Court ruled the plan unconstitutional and furthermore banned the country's Security Council from authorizing police deployment outside the country. Kenyan opposition politician Ikuru Akot is already challenging the validity of the bilateral accord, condemning it as a secretive agreement. For Vatican Radio, James Blair's reporting. 
Pope Francis on Saturday received in audience German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. As Joseph Tullock reports, in the Vatican, the pair discussed the wars in Ukraine and in the Middle East, the refugee crisis and the role of the church in German society. Although the two had already met at Pope Benedict XVI's funeral at the beginning of 2023, this was their first private audience. They had also spoken on the phone after the start of the war in Ukraine two years ago. After his meeting with the Pope, Chancellor Schultz met with Vatican Cardinal Secretary of State Pietro Parolin. I'm very grateful for the extensive conversation with the Pope, the social democratic politician said. We naturally also discussed the major challenges and problems of our times and talked about topics that concern us all. He went on to list these subjects. The Russian aggression against Ukraine, the many deaths that this war has already caused and the threat to the independence and freedom of Ukraine. We also discussed, he said, the war in the Middle East and discussed how we can ensure peace and security in our world. Other big questions on the agenda included migration and the question of justice and coexistence. An official statement from the Vatican Press Office said that during the warm conversations in the Secretariat of State, satisfaction was expressed over the good relations and fruitful cooperation between the Holy See and Germany. The importance of the Christian faith in German society was also emphasised. Chancellor Scholz gave the Pope the official football of the upcoming European Championships, which will be hosted in Germany, as well as a white porcelain bear with a German flag on it. The Pope gave the politician a bronze artwork entitled Social Love. It depicts a child helping another child to stand up. The bronze work bears the inscription Amare Aiutare, Love to Help. I'm Joseph Tullock. And Pope Francis on Saturday also addressed officials of the Tribunal of the Vatican City-State to mark the inauguration of the 95th judicial year. In his address, the Pope reminded the Vatican magistrates that the administration of justice requires the virtue of courage in pursuing the truth and even in facing criticism. Lisa Zengarini reports. Addressing the Vatican magistrates, Pope Francis focused his reflection on the virtue of courage, which he said for Christians is not only a particular quality of heroic individuals, but rather a trait that is given and enhanced in encountering Christ as a fruit of the action of the Holy Spirit that anyone can receive if we invoke him. He recalled that in the jurisdictional function, courage is needed in the first place to thoroughly ascertain the truth, remembering that doing justice is always an act of charity, an opportunity for fraternal correction aimed at helping the other recognise his or her mistake. This, he stressed, is all the more true when particularly serious and scandalous behaviours emerge and must be sanctioned, especially when they occur within the Christian community. The same courage, the Pope went on to note, is needed while striving to ensure the proper conduct of proceedings. The best response to outside criticism, he told the Vatican magistrates, is diligent silence and the seriousness of commitment to work which allow the Vatican tribunals to administer justice with authority and impartiality, ensuring due process while respecting the peculiarities of the Vatican legal system. Concluding, Pope Francis recalled the courage of prayer to implore that the light of the Holy Spirit always illuminates the discernment necessary to reach a just verdict. Prayer, he said, should never be considered as a waste of time. I am Lisa Zengarini.
And finally, Pope Francis has sent a message to all the children of the world ahead of the very first World Day dedicated to them. As he invites them to unite and share their joys and sorrows with each other, the Holy Father reminds them that World Children's Day will be held in Rome on the 25th and 26th of May and that it is fast approaching. Francesca Merlo tells us more. An encouragement to be close to those who suffer. As Pope Francis addresses children from all over the world, some of whom will be joining him in Rome for the very first World Children's Day in May, he invites them to never forget all the children who are suffering or going through a difficult time. He is referring to those battling illnesses and those whom he describes as being cruelly robbed of their childhood. Amongst these are victims of war and violence, victims of hunger and thirst. Some are children living on the streets, forced to be soldiers or to flee as refugees separated from their parents. Others are prevented from going to school, and some are preys of criminal gangs, drugs or other forms of slavery and abuse. We must listen to their voices, the Pope tells the children. Pope Francis explains that creating a caring and fraternal society starts with little things like saying hello to others or asking permission, begging pardon and saying thank you. If we are not ashamed to take small steps one at a time, our world will change, he says. Then, in his message to the children, the Pope highlights the importance of friendship. Everything is always better when we are together, stresses the Pope, inviting the children to share their joys with one another. Gifts are nice, he says, but only if they help us to be together. Bringing his message to a close, Pope Francis then goes on to disclose what he describes as a secret to the children, the secret of prayer. He says that prayer fills our hearts with light and warmth, and he invites the children to pray to the Father to become builders of a new, more humane, just and peaceful world. I am Francesca Merlo. And that brings us to the end of this edition of Vatican and World News. You can join us tomorrow at the same time for more. You can also follow us on vaticannews.va, on Facebook, X and Instagram. My thanks go to Bruno Orti in studio. In the Vatican, I'm Linda Bordoni. Bye-bye. <laughs>